I'm here at the uh, Engage Expo, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Oh, uh, my name is Howard Mall, and I'm a VP of Engineering for Engineering Computer Simulations Incorporated in Orlando, Florida. And what are you guys about? You know, how do you use gaming? Well, we started uh, doing serious games, where we uh, basically built games as uh, game platforms for doing simulations for uh, military applications, for uh, government, and for a variety of, um, of different DoD uh, customers. And so, um, in that case, we we're a solution provider. And um, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> and did you move away then from serious games, or are you using serious games and just applying it to the commercial sector? Or how does that work? Uh, well, actually, what we, we've we really kept that going, and for the most part, uh, our most popular has been uh, the tactical combat casualty care simulation, which is what we uh, developed for the U.S. Army, and they are, are now using that at Fort Sam Houston, where they have um, a combat medic school, and it is being used to do sustainment training and uh, to do. Uh, new combat medic training. Uh, basically, we've created uh, a virtual environment in which you play the role of a combat medic. It's a first-person treater. Okay. You've got uh, you're awesome. put into a scenario uh, where you uh, where your team has incurred multiple casualties, and now you have to make decisions about not only. Um, who to treat and when to treat and what treatment they need, but you also have to make decisions about my personal safety. If I get shot, there's nobody to treat the wounded, uh, and also uh, the mission and other t other forms of uh, situational awareness. And we found that the, the 3D environment has really uh, helped to create uh, immersion, especially for the young soldiers who are coming in who are 18 years old, uh, to to help them uh, to engage them in the material and to help them get through and learn it and retain it. Um, what's interesting is we were also involved with a training effectiveness evaluation. Um, the uh, results of this are going to be published in the uh, Journal of Modeling and Simulation this next year where we actually proved the effectiveness of this training uh, and that it was valuable over other um, other forms of supplemental training. And can you talk about how effective it was relative to other supplemental? I think they got actually, uh, the, having delivered a pretest, um, and it was in the middle of their education where they'd already gone through a course lecture. Given a pretest, compared it to then their post test, and then their ongoing performance with their uh, live exercise, it was a 12% improvement. And, um, you know, when serious games first started, when it kind of got that buzzword, it was hard to convince people to do, uh, to do serious games. Did you even have any issues convincing the government to implement serious games for the training? Uh, because they already had success, I guess, with U.S. Army. Uh, right. I think you're thinking of America's Army. Yeah, America's uh, Army. Sure, but uh, it, that was actually for a completely different purpose. America's sure. Army was uh, geared towards a um, recruitment, recruitment. Yeah. yeah, which you're probably aware of. Uh, in this case, we came with a set of requirements where they're looking for us to do training. Okay. So, um, A, the budgets usually don't support uh, you know, the usual game publishing model that you're used to with, uh, with commercial games. So there's a, a hurdle to overcome. Uh, the other aspect is that uh, design is very significant, uh, is significantly hampered by you're much more constrained and that you ha now have these learning objectives you have to achieve in addition to making it compelling, making it fun or, or challenging uh, and still uh, able to, to achieve those goals. So um, that is where... Um, that's where I think th where you might be 
you might see stuff that's not so great. I think yeah. we were successful because uh, we did a lot of um, focus groups with sure. our customers. We worked really hard on usability. We worked really hard on making sure that we hit all the marks in terms of education as well as playability. Yeah, speaking of design, can you talk about the game mechanics that you had to use to uh, effectively communicate the education goals that you had? Right. Well, I would say that in general, um, we look at the requirements and we design uh, various different ways of approaching the problem uh, using a virtual environment, and they would change based on what, yeah. is, what is the particular thing we, we're choosing sure. to, to educate. Um, but in but in general, what I would say is that the learning occurs uh, as almost like a head fake. It's yeah. sort of like you're playing the game, but by being successful in the game, yeah. you have to learn the game, learn what it takes to be successful, and the lesson is actually embedded in being able to figure out what is the successful path to achieving your goal in the game. Okay. Uh, you know, so you, uh, it's very much... It's mastering the system. Right. I mean, uh, let's look back to the traditional games, right? Sure. You, you play Pac-Man. You started to memorize the levels and know exactly yeah. what you, you needed to do to accomplish your goal. It's the same type of thing. Even though it's a more free-form environment, you're still learning the principles of success for the game, and those are where your lessons occur. Okay. And, you know, can you talk about... Have you used specific game mechanics to, to keep people engaged? Do you have rankings, levels, points, leaderboards, stuff like that? Have you experimented um, with that to see if it's effective? I, I, I can talk about uh, some of the work right now. We're doing some work in our mobile uh, realm where we're taking um, basic, basically uh, you have combat medics who are, who are being trained. and oh, Actually, I'm sorry. In this case, these are combat lifesavers. Sure. They're one below combat medic. They don't quite have the training, but they are regular soldiers who are being taught how to do certain procedures in order order to, uh, to, you know, fill gaps, yeah. basically, and, and make sure that soldiers survive. In this case, they go through a very stringent and very quick training program, but it, sometimes they have these, these periods of time where they're either waiting for the next lane or there are these downtimes. So what we've done is developed uh, a mobile version of our tactical combat casualty care simulation to be on a mobile device that they can now use in between those classes. Okay. And in many cases, we have vignettes that match the next class they're going to take. Okay. So it helps them to get prepared and ready for the next class. In that case, we, we've done is it's sort of like, um, um, what would you call it, a, a trivia game that you would play yeah. in a bar, yeah. where everybody's being ranked all the time, everywhere, and there's a there's an instructor station they can put up the, you know, and everybody can see the rankings as everybody's playing and seeing how they're doing with answering all the questions and going through and doing all the things they need to do. Yeah. So that has been, um, that one hasn't been tested yet, but I think we're going to actually see some success with that and, and provide some, uh, I think, further engagement because... Because in these downtimes, people are having fun as yeah. well as uh, approaching the material. Uh, in terms of uh, our tactical combat casualty care simulation, which is also, um, I should mention, uh, we're doing a version for the Marine Corps now. Sure. Um, in that, the big thing was to do an after-action review. Okay. So after they have completed uh, their exercise, they now can go back and review all of the actions they took, all the interactions uh, they made with uh, different aspects of the environment. In addition to an evaluation where uh, we actually generate a, a go or no go, uh, that's uh, Army speak for whether it was uh, satisfactory or unsatisfactory, uh, on, their, on certain critical measures. And then we also explain 
uh, we give them an explication of why they did well or why they did not do well. And so, so while you know that's not like a score, yeah, I, I think that that's probably you know what you look at in terms of how did I do, yeah. and how do I approach it to do better. Yeah, and you mentioned social networks, Web 2.0, mobile technologies in one of your posters. Is that um, is that where you see some of these uh, simulation training events happening now? Because uh, you know that's where some of your players and users. Uh, sure. I, uh, that, he's looking at a poster right now, and that's probably some of our architecture, you know. Uh, but um, in terms of uh, social networks, I think that, especially for adult education, it is the um, adults learn better in a more unstructured environment, and they learn better from their peers. Yeah. This is true also of children, I, I should say, but but you learn from your peers. And so the idea here is to, to create environments in which that type of knowledge transfer occurs uh, uh, similar to the um, to the water cooler, yeah. but in a virtual environment, so that it can be done at distance. Okay. And so that's where I think the social networking aspect comes into play. Also, in many cases, that what you have in a social network uh, informs other uh, uh, systems that we provide, such as uh, scheduling a, sure. uh, an event, inviting people to invent, finding a teacher, finding an expert in a field. So those are some of those things that, that support uh, those educational goals as well. And where do you see the future then of this space going? Uh, I think that you're going to see um, the barrier of entry to virtual worlds uh, decreasing sure. uh, through um, through some many uh, initiatives that I'm seeing, a lot of multimedia initiatives with yeah. a lot of the browsers and things like that. Uh, I think you're going to see more security applied to it because uh, because I think. Um, because you know there's been issues there's issues of privacy and things that people are are dealing with both in the social network and in, and now with the virtual environment as it, as it's growing on sure. I also think what you're going to see is um, is more of a uh, uh, probably a diversification in terms of uh, certain people taking on certain sectors of, of uh, virtual worlds sure um, because right now I'm already seeing them you've got collaborative spaces yeah exactly. you have uh, social networking spaces yeah. you have um, business oriented document management spaces you have um, those types of things um, I think mashups are going to be important in terms of bringing together the things that we do on the web the things we do in the 3d environment oh, yeah, yeah. and the things that we so that's right. I, I sort of see the sector going at least probably within the next two or three years. I think you're also going to see a shakeout of, of uh, capabilities. I think you're going to get also to a point where, I, at least I hope, uh, some of the standards that are growing up are going to become what you want to develop in. So the way that uh, the web has HTML yeah. and you have an Apache server or whatever, yeah. I'd like to see um, people... Well, we've got Collada now, so, we, so we're getting to some cases where 3D modeling, 3D animations, maybe even some physics can start to be standardized and have standard formats that everybody will start to play in. But I think now we need to get a messaging protocol uh, to be uh, for virtual worlds oh, yeah, to, to, sure. to be um, to have start people start to kind of agree on that and bring that together. Okay. So now you can start to have one browser to to go to any type of virtual environment you want to. 
Cool. And where can uh, listeners find out more about your company or the simulation? Oh, sure. They can uh, they can read, they can find us online at uh, at ecsorl.com. Thank you very much.